Hi, I'm Jennifer Mulholland. And I'm Jeff Shuck. We're the co-leaders of Plenty. Thanks for joining our podcast, Plenty for Everyone. Each episode, we talk with conscious leaders like you to explore abundance in work and life, fulfillment in head and heart, and ways we can all work together to make this world a better place. Welcome, everybody. This is Jennifer Mulholland, and joined today with my co-host and co-leader, Jeff Shuck. And we are so excited to introduce to you all to one of my closest friends, Scott Kelly. We're going to have a wonderful conversation over the next 45 minutes or so. Today is July 29th. I actually had a look at my watch because I have completely lost track of what day it is what month it is, quite honestly, and it's a bit mind-blowing that we're about to go into August. But to set the context of today, Scott and I have known each other for so long, maybe 20 years, dating ourselves a bit, but we have had such a wonderful professional and personal relationship. Our families are great friends. Scott and I used to co-facilitate workshops together And I had a really profound shift in my professional and personal growth path as a result of working with you. Scott has got introduced to kind of an understanding or a way of looking at life and the world called Three Principles. And I did an intensive with him about five years ago, maybe longer My growth path, I've always been a seeker. I've done a shit ton of self-improvement and self-development to support my own coaching and leadership career. And I have to say of everything I have done, that intensive with you completely opened me up to something that is really still hard today to explain. But I moved from a place of striving and proving and climbing and figuring things out and forcing things out to a state of allowing and a state of space. And that shift for me led me on this incredible journey that had amazing synchronicities that led to Jeff and I reuniting, led to us joining forces with Plenty, and so many other beautiful experiences that honestly I attribute to your wisdom, your lived experience, and pointing me in the direction of a new way of looking at life and looking at myself, most importantly. So I could go on and on, but I am just so thrilled that we get to share this time with you. Welcome, Scott Kelly, and would love to maybe start asking you about maybe orienting our listeners to who you are and what you're doing these days. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jennifer and Jeff. It's such a pleasure to be able to hang out with you. And Jennifer, I I don't know Jeff nearly as well, but certainly... Jeff is great. (laughs) I'm incredible. (laughs) But I'll tell you, yeah, our paths have traveled together for a long, long time. Really, it's been a joy to see, I think, both of our growths along the way and what we see for ourselves, what we see in our families and what we see in the world it's been profoundly impactful to kind of just show up to what shows up in our life from a different space. And I can share more about that later. But but for now, I live here in Park City. I feel just super, super blessed to be able to live in, in an amazing mountain town. 
that is just a natural playground. It just feeds my soul in, in all the different ways, in the mountains, in the water, with the forests. And in that, I get to work with people on the level of physical health and mental, emotional clarity and, and well-being and bridging that gap so that people can really live a really fulfilled life from a really healthy space. It's really just a reflection of my own journey. I mean, I, I feel almost kind of guilty saying that, but I kind of get to do, <laughs> I get to share what my journey has been and help people in that facet. I feel as, as lucky as can be to, to be able to do that. And so lucky to hang out with you guys too. So thank you. Let's start there because one of the things that we all have in common besides knowing each other and maybe kind of learning from some of the same teachers is in our work, using our work to help other people. Like you said, you help people live more fulfilling lives and maybe kind of be more of who they are would be how I describe it. And we help people figure out how to use that and make a difference in the world around them. But there's a lot of similarities in kind of just our work and probably our way it's an interesting time, like to say the least. It seems like there's more to solve than ever. And one of the things that's so great about your approach, and it's on your website, I'm going to give you a plug. It's scottkellycoaching.com and it's K-E-L-L-Y, scottkellycoaching.com. One of the things you start off with as you explain your philosophy is working on our problems isn't helpful. And I'd love to use that as the as a door to this kind of the work you do and that own evolution, like talk a little bit about that, about at a time when there seems like there's so much to solve and people have all these feelings to unravel. Can you unpack that idea that, that actually that might not be the place for people to start? Yeah. Thanks Jeff. And I think that for me was an area that became so clear because my whole approach to life was looking through a lens of where's the problem and how can I solve it? And also like looking in my own personal life, like what's your problem and how can you solve it? <laughs> and I started to find over years of that kind of approach and philosophy, I didn't kind of feel like I was opening up and feeling better about life. I was actually kind of getting more contracted and getting afraid of life. And once I saw somehow some mysterious way I had a really profound insight that helped me see that there is no solution in the actual problem, but there is an invitation. And the invitation is to see outside of what we think is true in our own minds. And, and I find often what happens is whether we're dealing with health challenges or work challenges or family challenges, the problem or the challenge is the noisiest thing in the system. And so we tend to put our eyes on that. We tend to put all of our attention on that and not realize that with that noise and in really just beyond that noise is an invitation to see something much greater as a possibility, as a creative possibility, as a way to, to enter in through that portal and see that there is something more there that doesn't have to poke the bear. <laughs> and once I started to see that for myself and see that in my own family and started kind of seeing that as I was raising my children, I started to bring that position into my work and started to see that ultimately people were healthy, but for the challenge they were 
really hyper-focused on. But if they could kind of shift just a little bit to see all of the amazing things that were already happening, the vitality and the resilience in their own experience went up. And their capacity to not only see something new, but also to mobilize what needed to be mobilized from within them health-wise came through more effortlessly. And so that's really where it began. That's why I say there is no focusing on ourselves and focusing on our problems isn't the pathway to creativity so much, but there is an invitation in it. I love the gestures that you're using that invites a more expansive opening of what we look at, what we can see and sense. And this shared belief the three of us have around what we focus on forms. And our focus is narrow. Our focus concretizes and keeps things in a static form because we fix it with our focus. It's a fixed mindset when we focus on problems, for example, and we're conditioned to solve them, which is culture, which is honestly business. It's how we're trained to succeed in the modern day is you fix problems and how it's almost like a badge of honor. I'm a problem solver. So great. Let me hire that person. But the more we focus on the problems to solve, the more problems we get to solve. That's right. So we see more problems. And then we're in this cycle of habit that is constantly conditioning ourselves in automatic behavior on solving problems. So we track more problems to solve. And in your hand gesture, and I think one thing we're trying to practice and coach our clients as well is what is beyond that focus point? What is beyond the form that is the invitation? of seeing it maybe differently, or do I really know this to be true? Checking out our assumptions, asking ourselves like what could be behind what I see. And that little opening is not a, usually not a giant gap. It's really subtle, but it shifts everything. And what I love about your work and about your way that has reminded me around being a healthier, happier human being is trusting that my natural state, my natural ability to be vital, to be healthy and well, is not fixed. And it's not one-dimensional. And it's not habit because it's like this interoperable system with all these moving parts of divine intelligence. And could I look for that instead of the pain, the dis-ease, the negative, depressing thought, or whatever it is. And that, it's just freeing up to more solutions to come into play on its own. You're absolutely right. We get so drawn into what we can see, feel, and touch. Problems are oftentimes the things we can see, feel, and touch. We have a lot of respect for them. (laughs) And we have less respect, unfortunately. Oftentimes we have less respect for that formless potential just outside of what we can see, feel, and touch. And for me, absolutely, I have moments, days, where I am focused on what I can see, feel, and touch. And I get enamored with it. And then I kind of like 
get reminded there's nothing to see here. It's like kind of driving by an accident. It's like, there's nothing to see here. You just keep going, let them do the job that's needed. And when I can just kind of remember that there is something so much bigger just within the challenge, but also surrounding the challenge, there's a way in which our mind is almost even more receptive to that. For me, it just kind of gets exciting. It's kind of like, oh, there's life in that. There's vitality in that versus feeling the heaviness of a problem. And so it's almost a habit of looking for where's the life? Where's the vitality? What kind of grabs my energy and where's the current? And then follow that. That's really kind of where I think it all lands. One thing I want to point out to people who are listening who might be saying like, wow, this theme sounds familiar. So Scott and Barb Patterson are colleagues and friends and students of each other and teachers of each other. And Barb Patterson, uh, listeners will know, has been on the podcast as well. And kind of we're all, we're all kind of pulling from the same river, I think. One thing I want to emphasize because of the questions we get when we've had Barb on, we're not saying... I think it can sound to people like we're saying, so ignore the problems. And the example that, that Jen and I use in our work with clients when we do strategy is, it's almost a cliche that people in business have had the experience of doing strategic planning or, or having a problem and the boss brings together a group of people and the door shuts and the boss says like, nobody's leaving until we solve this. And, and one hour turns into four hours and people start rolling their eyes and it's like, call home and tell them you're not coming and like, let's do more PowerPoint. And we use that, we joke with clients and people start laughing because everyone's had that experience. And then you ask, and did that get you to a solution? And what you hear 100% of the time is, no, actually we took a break, someone went outside and walked around and all of a sudden had this inspirational idea. To circle this back to what we're saying, like I, I do want to point out, like the point here is not, ignore the problem. The point is that grinding on it is never going to be the thing that creates the insight or the wisdom or the creativity to solve it. I think the tension point right now, I'm interested in how you're approaching clients right now, because it sure seems like there's so much to grind on, like the caseload, the riots, the protests, economic inequality, racial injustice, like the news cycle is all about getting you to grind on the problem over and over. And I also think with a certain kind of person from athletics or business who's performed at a high level, they kind of think that their grinding has got them where they are. So how are you working with your clients right now when it's like there seems to be more problems than ever to look at? Like, how are you helping people navigate through the context they're currently living in. One of the points I really appreciate you, you pointing out, like the fact that we're not ignoring the problem and that there's a way in which the problem can actually, or whatever we perceive as a problem, can help us see something more on offer. There's something more in it. And it's about, in a way, kind of letting go and letting yourself see more. And so when I'm working with clients and they're coming in the door and and they're overwhelmed by some of the race relations that are going on, the, the challenges in and around COVID and where they stand on that as far as their own personal health, their family's health, their capacity to interact in their community the way they used to, the way that they 
could interact with their family the way they used to, which is now confined. There's so much overwhelm in people's minds that the first place I want to look is how are they making sense of the world and what's scaring them? In any case, anytime there's a challenge in any area of our life, it really kind of helps us see how somebody's making sense of the world. And if we, can help, if we can see how someone's making sense of the world, we can actually see where they might have limitations in their own mind and where they're not seeing possibility. So in a way, it's kind of like it allows us to see where they might be blocked or confined in their own, in their own minds, first of all. And then the second point is helping people truly see what's already true for them. And so like when it comes to health, just as an example, people oftentimes say, okay, well, what can I, what should I do around COVID and and protecting myself and all these things? And it can get unbelievably overwhelming. And we, we lose the fact that this human body is designed for the invitation of COVID. We live and we have been living with viruses our entire existence. So what is the invitation if I'm feeling vulnerable to a virus, then what is the bigger invitation to me? Is it to be afraid of the virus? Is it to really lock down on myself? Or is it to ask the question, what are all the ways that I can be healthier from inside out, from my mind, from my physicality, from my lifestyle, so that I can more easily move with the way the virus is moving? So we can work on on any angle, but I think the first thing is to understand how somebody's making sense of the world and then see where's their eye. Is it on the area that's more constricting or is their eye on the area where it can actually be more expanding? Now, in both places, we can actually address the underlying issue, but we do it from a place that, that frees up our mind and allows us to live from a place of possibility rather than from a place of contraction and fear. Because that, for me, whether we're talking about race, economics, business development, COVID, when we're living in a state of fear, we lose our capacity to see things in a more creative, resilient way. What the world really needs right now is creative, resilient thinkers. And if we can do that as a community, as a culture, as a globe, will come through all of this in a way that we couldn't have otherwise seen without the invitation of each of these things individually. The invitation, I love, is it the invitation to practice? Like, to, like practice a new muscle, to practice being aware of our awareness. Because what I hear you talk about and what we see in our work and in our clients and in ourselves is when fear creeps in, whether we're being bombarded by the news or bombarded by messages or bombarded by family or friends, anxiety or our own, that is stirring up a mistrust, feeling not safe. At the core, deepest level, we don't feel safe within our body, our body's ability to respond in the most appropriate way or outside of ourselves like we feel threatened and it kicks in that automatic kind of fight or flight high cortisol levels which is stress right and all of a sudden we kick into this 
response. And I think what I hear, like the deep, deep message that you're pointing to is understanding where somebody's coming from. Are they coming from a place of mistrust? And what does that mindset create externally? What I see in myself and others is when we have that place where we don't believe we're going to be okay, no matter what, or we don't believe that we're protected and taken care of by a higher source, or whatever you choose to believe in, or you don't believe that we're inherently resilient and intelligent and wise and that we don't have access to that all the time, which we do, then we live an insecure life where our security has to become what we control. It has to become the external fixed reality is. And I bring this up a lot. I hear this term in my family and otherwise all the time. The reality is, well, it's almost like a cue of the reality of what you're focusing on. And that fixes it. And what's behind it is like that insecurity. I don't feel safe. Therefore, it's this or that. Black or white. It's red or blue, right? And I think the practice that you're speaking to for myself is bringing awareness to the and. Like, could it be both? How could I live in observing the challenge and orienting my focus that there's a solution to that, that I'm designed for that? The invitation is showing me something greater. Can I look beyond the form? And awareness can hold both spaces. Awareness does not live in a box. And as we're growing and as we're like healing and becoming the powerful humans were meant to be, our awareness expands and rises. And so I feel like my practice, I will say, and Jeff and my practice, our collective practice is to increase our awareness of noticing where we're coming from and noticing like what's beyond the fixed this or that, the fixed form that it can lead very quickly to a fixed result that's much less expansive, much less abundant than it would be if we had a different view. In a way, it can lead us to kind of acute care. You keep putting Band-Aids on things and you think that you're actually moving the dial until you realize, oh, wait a second, it's the same wound. It's just a different dressing. But what I think is so interesting, Jennifer, is what if fear if everything, if there is an intelligence in life, and if we, if we look at nature, we just find nature is intelligent, even if we can't understand it in the moment, we can trust that there is an intelligence in nature. And if that's true, then there must be an intelligence in feeling fear. But oftentimes what we do is we misinterpret what the fear is telling us. We think the fear is telling us something to do in the world, but what if the fear that we were feeling was the intelligence just trying to get our attention that we were focused in and locked in on something that wasn't going to move the dial? And that's where I've kind of put a lot of my curiosity around, especially this time when it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to get overwhelmed with all the changes and the mandates. And all of a sudden, you got to run your business in a different way. And all of a sudden, your cash flow is cut and, and all these things. And, and this fear can be overwhelming. 
But then I think, okay, but what if that's the intelligence just trying to get my attention to the fact that there's something that if I can let go right now, is there something more I could see in this offering, in this invitation, in what life is offering? Is there something intelligent that I'm not able to see because I'm afraid? But if I can let go for a moment, could I see something more? And that's where I think our, all of our curiosity could start to be helpful because fear is so incredibly compelling. It's noisy. It's energizing. People feel alive when they're feeling fear. But primal fear in the way that we oftentimes experience isn't really helpful in times like these when we need to be able to see things in creative, resilient, collaborative ways. Yeah, you just said like 4,000 great things. I mean, one thing that we talk about is, and that fear mechanism that we feel physiologically evolved to keep people from being eaten by panthers and things like that. Like, you know, your cash flow may seem like it has big fangs, but it, it doesn't. The other thing, though, I hear that I, I want to emphasize, and I think it's where Jen was going too. I love that you said the, the acute, we live in a Band-Aid world. We often talk at Plenty that we don't sell magic pills and we don't sell silver bullets. And it's frustrating to some potential clients. And honestly, we lose potential clients because of that. Because it's so easy to sell silver bullets and magic pills. Everybody wants one. The problem is like that transactional way of living it doesn't really help us. And I think it takes us back to that kind of stimulus response way of acting that, that is totally outside in. And the relational way of living or leading or both is inside out. I love that idea. One thing we often say when we work with leaders is we'll hear, oh my God, I'm, I'm so stressed. Like I have so much to do. What if stress was a sign to tell you you need to take a break? But people don't view it that way, right? No, I'm stressed because I have all this work to do. Well, what if you actually stopped, walked outside, maybe even took a whole day off? You might actually find the stress completely dissipates. It wasn't caused by all the stuff out there. It wasn't caused by the big stack of mail. It was caused by this perception that we made. But that like relational way of, of engaging with the world takes a lot of patience. I feel like that has been a common theme. And maybe you can help me, Jen, find the way to say this or Scott, like that I don't think it's harder, but it's such a different way. You know, you brought up staying healthy from COVID. Well, we know ways to stay healthy. Yes, there's the masks and all of those things, but it's get sleep, exercise, eat healthy food. Well, shit, that seems really hard. I just want a vaccine. But like bolstering that authentic way of doing things, I'm not sure I'm finding the right language, but it's so much easier in the long run because it's how we're designed to be. But I think we've been brought up in a system that that feels like a lot of work. So like, isn't there just something I can take for it? To use Scott's language about what you're talking about, like the invitation that COVID, that you, what you're speaking to, the invitation for COVID for a lot of people has been to get off the hamster wheel and to have a forced pause, to literally be forced into rest, forced into doing things differently. 
what I hear you speaking to, Jeff, is like also applying that to, is this working for me? The way I've always dealt with stress, does that make sense to continue? And I think when we, the intent is to step back with a little bit more detachment to see, wow, I am really been creating the same scenarios over and over. I've been in this position before. I've had this fight with my spouse. How many fucking times? Whatever it is, like constant replay, right? Whether it's in your work or personal life. And that is that habitual neural pathway that's nice and deep, nice flowing river. It's flowing. We know the twists and turns. It's comfortable because we've, we've walked that path in our heads before. And I think what has been the, a powerful question of curiosity, Scott, to use your term, is how much are we buying that same way of thinking? Like, are we putting the power into those thoughts? Are we just doing what we've always done? Are we on that thought train? Or can we step back and practice with an invitation to say, hmm, is there another way I don't maybe need to take these thoughts so damn seriously? Or as Barb and you have said, like, am I buying my thinking? Like how much credit and power am I putting into this thought train or this belief system that is really just that paved neural pathway, family legacy, passed down thinking, cultural conditioning. And right now we just have such an incredible opportunity to apply the forced pause to our thinking. Like, is this really getting me the life? Is it really bringing me the experience of being fulfilled? being happy at work, loving what I do. Is that my experience now? And if not, can I question the thinking that has gotten me to this place? Yeah, I think that's, that's absolutely right. I don't think we're suspicious enough of our thinking. If we can all become a little bit more suspicious that our thinking isn't really, it's not really always helpful, the repetitive thinking that we do including the repetitive thinking, to your point, Jeff, the repetitive thinking that we do around finding strategy, a kind of a this for that kind of mentality. That is a habitual way to think. And there are places, I'm not saying that strategy isn't helpful, but when we can have intelligence and insight from within to empower our strategy, now we've got, we've got a, a sail full of wind. But when we have a really nice sail being a strategy, but we don't have anything behind it, we're kind of dead in the water and not really understanding why this strategy isn't working. When we can be really curious about what more is on offer, what is the invitation? What happens when I slow down? One thing that I think is so fascinating about humans, about all of us, is that like COVID's an inconvenience. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, ultimately, we see it as an inconvenience. I can't travel. I can't hang out with my friends. I can't go out to the restaurants that I want. I can't, you know, it's all these things that we're upset about because we're inconvenienced. But if we're not thinking about being inconvenienced and we get curious about, well, well what else is available? And, and what could I do to pause and take some time and take a walk, observe nature? Nature seems to do this really, really well. 
and understand how it's navigating the world and how it has forever. How does it do it? And that's oftentimes when we get struck by insight and take a shift in that vertical realm where we see something new from a different perspective. And from there, whatever strategy you use or whatever skill set you have is going to be empowered in a completely different way. But continuing to run at that same pace in that horizontal way, expecting things to change with the same thinking you've always done is really just a, it's a habit. (laughs) It's a habit until you start to get really suspicious that maybe that's not the best way. Maybe there's more on offer. We had a guest on a few weeks ago, a woman named Raquel Graham. I don't think the podcast has aired yet. To that point, she linked COVID and racial justice in a, in a really interesting way. Not just the fact that African-Americans, Hispanics have been predominantly more affected by, by coronavirus because of economic conditions. She actually went a step further and said, the reason that we're getting, she basically said, I'm so grateful for the virus. Because everyone was staying at home, everyone saw what happened to George Floyd. People couldn't look away. That stuff's been happening for years, but we were all on pause and we all saw it. And she said, I'm so certain it was divinely orchestrated. That's my language, not hers. But, And I want to make that point. I think this is a point we've made for the last two months on the program. When we say there's more on offer or when we say look at the possibilities, that's not to deny that many people have been, the cost has been high for many people, right? It's not to explain any of that away. It's to say that right now we each have a choice on how we meet this day and what we do with that information. And I think that that's one thing I'm taking away from this conversation, Scott, is just like having an ongoing conversation with life, having it be a dynamic process Instead of deciding, thinking you know in advance how it's going to end and then being so upset when it doesn't go your way, being a participant in your own life is what I, what I hear you talking about. Yeah, and questioning the limitations that I think we have innocently taken on, like innocently placed upon ourselves unknowingly. I mean, I can see that in my own, like just the innocent little girl that has told a story about something that I didn't think would be possible. And I hear it, it reflects back to me because I hear it in our clients, especially recently, we've been working with some wonderful people and they're struggling. And the environment in some cases is really toxic. The culture is not healthy and they're scared to voice and they're scared to change. And When we hear that dialogue that we have to stay where we are, we're kind of giving into the limitations that we're not worth something better or that we have all the time we need. That's one thing COVID and just getting older shows us that life is so damn precious. We're making assumptions that we have this lifeline or all this time to stay in a place that doesn't make us happy or that we're not fulfilled. And somehow our mind is able to justify all the reasons we can't leave. We can't leave a relationship that's been dysfunctional for years. We can't leave a work environment because right now with unemployment rates and how many people need work, how could I possibly leave a paying job? 
I can't leave because maybe it'll get better. Whatever it is that the stories we tell ourselves. And I think as we're sharing our hearts and we're coaching ourselves around, we are worth it. And, you know, like we're worth right now living a connected, healthy, vibrant, stimulating life of service in whatever expression that is. When we say we're playing by the rules, what rules have we been buying into? What rules have we created to make it so hard to advocate for ourselves and change in those toxic environments? Yeah, Jennifer, I think in everything that you just said, there's so much evidence right in front of us around how we as human beings were designed to connect, we're designed to relate, we're designed to create, we're designed to collaborate, and ultimately we're really resilient. And oftentimes we forget that and we stay with what we know. And that's where we kind of start to generate these stories so that we don't have to take the invitation into the unknown because that's really scary. But the fact is, we forget that every moment we wake and we, we open our eyes every morning, we are opening our eyes to the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen for us moment to moment. We don't know what new virus will present itself. We don't know what family member may be struck by fortune or tragedy. We are literally living in the unknown moment to moment, but we forget it and we tell ourselves all these stories to keep us even smaller. And if we can, see the evidence of who we already are as human beings, then we can have more trust and be better listeners to life's story and better followers of nature's story and be a great collaborator in life rather than feeling like we are being driven out of control and out of existence. There's so much on offer for all of us. Well said. We have a few minutes left. I wish we had, we we're going to have to have you back. I want to just touch on, that was beautiful. And you said something earlier that was as well about we need creative, resilient leaders and people. How are you keeping your cup full? How are you keeping up your creativity and your resilience? And how have you experienced the last three or four months? Uh, well, thanks for that question, Jeff. I, you know, I think initially, like for many of us, it was kind of a novelty. It was like, who of any of us have ever had this experience? And so there was a level of lightheartedness. And then I could feel it getting heavy. And that's when I started to get really curious about what's the invitation here, really? And when I could start to see the evidence that people were appreciating connection like they never had because it was taken away from them. And people were appreciating being in nature like they never had before because it was taken away from them. I started to spend more time in nature. I actually threw my backpack on again and went backpacking and really just started to do more listening from a place of curiosity versus no audacity. And when I come out of the woods, I tend to see everything. There's a, there's a symphony that goes on in nature that we oftentimes can't see, but if we're just quiet enough, it will play for us. As I've spent more time on the water, more time in the woods, it's created a new way of seeing my work 
and seeing what I want to put out in the world and how I want to put it out in the world. And that's where it's been helpful because without this experience, I can promise you that some of the projects that I'm working on now would not have been born. Yeah, is it inconvenient? It is, but at the same time, more than that, it is unbelievably insightful and creative. And that's what I'm really looking at right now is the fact that it's the mother of creation because it's taken away old constructs of thinking about life. I love the quote of curiosity versus know it What a great slogan and a reminder to question what we know to be true and look beyond and look at really question and intentionally setting where we're focusing. Are we focusing on the blessing, the symphony, the intelligence, the beauty, the abundance we already have? Or are we focusing on the fight, struggle, the control, that it has to be this way so I can feel? right? Versus I feel and therefore it is. And it's a completely different shift. And I think that's our invitation to our collective listeners and our collective community that the three of us are really wired and wanting to serve as conscious leaders ourselves and helping other leaders really wake up to this beyond, to this other place of majesty and magic, honestly, is as fluffy as it sounds. And can we look at what's going to be unfolding and participate in that as a beautiful thing rather than a scary, the sky's falling and the world's going to end. So is there anything else you would like to share for how people can find you or anything else before we conclude? Well, you can find me at scottkellycoaching.com. I'm always just working on putting new ideas out into the world so that people can see the innate physical health that resides within. Even if you have a health challenge, there's invitation in that too. And the fact that from our own clarity of mind, life is is more of a place of possibility for all of us. And that's really what I'm focused on and, and helping not only myself to see more about that, but <laughs> but inviting more people to see into that as well. Great. It's great stuff. It's been great to have you here. You've reminded me that I think, Jen, it was like four months ago or late March, we wrote a post about let's not hope the world goes back to normal. Let's create something better. And I, you've re-engaged me in that, that idea of being here now and envisioning something that's far greater than what we've seen in the past. It's really been super inspiring. So Thanks so much, Scott, for joining us and sharing your wisdom. And one last time, it's scottkellycoaching.com, K-E-L-L-Y. And really glad that you were here today. Thanks so much. Well, I, I love what you guys are up to. And I know, I know your vision is super powerful and it's filled with passion. And I, I'm inspired. I'm inspired by the fact that you guys have had tremendous impact in the world already and there's so much more to come so thank you all for playing the way you do thank you 
the best is yet to come, as we say, and uh, to be continued. So grateful to have you, Scott. Love you so much. For those of you listening, please subscribe, share, and pass it along if you found this to be helpful. And we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Join the conversation and learn more at www.plentyconsulting.com.